0: TalkZone.com
1: Now, talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com.
2: All right, welcome folks to the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Thank you for joining us. The sun hath finally shined here in the fine city of Chicago. Two Guys at a Mic Show. Our phone number here if you want to check in, 888-463-6748. We were off yesterday. We're back at you today. Although, uh, quite frankly, David Olson, if you listen to 72.8% of our emailers, we were off most of the days of the week. Why should yesterday be an exception? But uh, we do our best we can here. Five days a week, one hour a day. Five and Tototalkzone.com. Big dog and a coach at your service. We'll talk sports and more. I got a lot in the more category today. First, a little bit of the shellacking music on the TalkZone.com. Now, David, there is a lot in the uh, Off the Sports page column today. I don't know if we're going to get all into it, but uh, topics I'd like to touch on. I'd like to touch on is a battle in the Catholic Church, Cardinal George versus Father Flager. Best of seven right now. George leads three to two. I still think Father Flager's got a chance of winning the last two and pulling it out. But that's quite a battle uh, of much, much, much more significance. The uh, horrible, uh, not tornado, but I guess plural tornadoes that hit the uh, fine state of Alabama and more. I mean, that's just unbelievable.
0: Yeah, plural would be the key word.
2: There. Yeah, plurals. Plural would be two. Is plurals more than two? <laughs> it's not often I can get a quizzical look on David Olson's face, but I think I just said it. And that, to me, whatever happens the rest of the 53 minutes of the show, that's a win. But, uh, man, I mean, that—that that, some of the worst tornado footage I've ever seen, David. It's it's unbelievable. really um, yeah, is. I was
0: in, basically, the uh, Plainfield Tornado of 1990. You were.
2: Yes. Which was
0: probably the worst in the Chicago area ever. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I saw how much devastation and destruction that one single solitary tornado caused. So I, I it's inconceivable to me that many touching the ground and mm-hmm. that contained of an area.
2: Mm-hmm. And the difference now is with technology and the videos. You can see it. It's just amazing. Some of the pictures and the uh, I'm amazed at the the localness, the cent the centralness of the tornadoes. How focused they are, if I could use that word. On one particular, and all that power comes down really in a very small area, and that's what makes it so devastating. I mean, it was like about about a half a mile wide. Which when you think of it in the big scheme of things, it's not that wide. But if you're in that half a mile path and you saw the power of those tornadoes, forget about it. Man. And again, not Alabama got hit the hardest, but many of the southern states. And we just had a horrible tornado where North Carolina, right? So they're following back to back, but that's certainly uh, not a developing story. Unfortunately, it's developed the cleanup, of course, and the recuperation and finding a hope, hopefully not too many more. Non-living bodies, but uh, injured people and stuff will be a continuing thing for many days to come. If we have any listeners in the southern factions of the United States, maybe you witnessed it or know somebody who's been in it, you want to uh, call in there on your favorite sports talk show and talk about it, we are more than happy, more than happy to skip the Chicago Bears' 29th round first round pick and break down the uh, pluses and minuses of Gabe Karimi I'd much rather hear a first-hand account from, uh, Tornado Central. eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Of course, we got the Royal Wedding. We got the Royal Wedding. We got to touch on that. If we get the Big Dog on the lines, we're going to ask him because he is our, uh, Royal pain in the ass on this particular show. So he'll be our expert on that. But that, uh, it's, it's concluded, right? Cause, cause of the time change. Not time change, but England being on different time different. I believe the, uh, the, the nuptials have concluded.
0: They did. They did. They said, uh,
2: yeah, like six in the morning, something like that. It was before that. Yeah. It was before that. Wow. wow. You think they've consummated the marriage yet or probably not? It's a little bit early. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to go off for a nooner when you got all the, you know, the people and the publicity around you. That'd be, that'd be a tough, if they could pull that off, boy, then there's great hope for that marriage. There is great hope for that, Mary. My wife got a call, not yesterday, the day before, one of the neighbors. You want to come over at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm having a, a wedding watching party at 4 in the morning.
0: Wow. It was unbelievable. Please. It was on every single channel except ESPN, basically, because yeah. they, uh, they had it on at the gym. <laughs> you know, you know, you, got, you got the eight TVs and everything like that, mm-hmm. and usually, you know, ABC, CBS, CNN, and everything. They're all covering it, all of them.
2: Mhm. all right so that's right there for you royal wedding it has concluded but more fun to come in that particular uh situation if you watch it you want to comment on it even if you didn't watch it and you want to comment on it you know that's even better 888-463-6748 and then uh, correct me if i'm wrong i have in my notes although maybe it got lost in all the media uh, storms both literally and figuratively uh is is not the space shuttle endeavor launched today Maybe I got the wrong. I thought it was this Friday where Gabrielle Giffords has been. I, I know she's flown yeah, out I, there. I'm
0: not sure if it's today or not. I will uh okay.
3: certainly look
2: into that. All right, we'll we'll soon. we'll check on that if we have any uh, aeronautical experts out there. Uh That was on my notes for the day, but maybe I got it one day too early. But we will see. 888-463-6748. Don't forget, seven days to the Kentucky Derby. Eight days. Seven days. Whatever you want to call it. Next Saturday, 445 p.m. NBC bringing it to you. A new track announcer, by the way. The guy who calls the races, I don't know if you saw that story or not, the Triple Crown uh, announcer, I forget the guy's name, he's been doing it for like 67 years, I think finally retired. Actually, that's incorrect info, because he was somewhat new to it. He was not a 67-year veteran, he was a veteran of it, but it, but he was not that old, he was a little bit of a surprise, but he bowed out of that. I put my name in, I got turned on as the Cubs PA announcer. You know, I was one of 30,000 people to apply for that particular job. I was too lazy to send a CD in. I just sent an email. Would love the job, uh, happy to show up whatever time for a tryout. Surprisingly, I didn't get an email back. So, you know, hey, you know, just as we talked about before, one of the great quotes I've read recently, uh David Olson, disappointment can be either a stimulant or a discouragement. How do you handle disappointment? Is it a stimulant? Or discouragement. Very simple little five-word little quote right there, but I think it says a lot. So, uh, you know, my disappointment in not getting the Cubs PA job, it's become a stimulant. I'm applying for more and more jobs. I did throw my hat into the ring to be the Triple Crown announcer, starting off with next Saturday's Kentucky Derby. I have not heard a response yet, so I'm assuming I did not get it. So, um, I guess I will continue to be stimulated. Stimulated. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but, yes sir. Oh, we have other, uh, we actually have some sports stuff to talk about too, including the NFL draft. I'll be honest with you, even though I'm always into the NFL draft, like the NBA draft, not first, but I'm a big NFL draft that's always a lot of fun. I don't know what it means, but it's, uh, you know, a little, Like a kid in the candy factory, you're picking and choosing, and and everything sounds good, everything looks good you know. on day one. A lot of these guys are going to be bust-outs. We know that, but I put less time and interest and emphasis into this year's draft. Why? I'm not totally sure. I'm going to guess number one, it was the lockout talk, which kind of turned me off of the NFL. And then, two, I think it was the fact that we had that Hawk series and the Bulls series going on. We had all the uh, NBA and NHL playoffs going on. It took my mind off a little bit. But the NFL draft is out there for you. If your uh, team picked a particular player, if you're upset, if you're happy, if you're anywhere in the vast in between, we'll take your phone calls on that, too. 888-463-6748. The phone number, some NBA playoffs concluded. we got baseball to talk about. Uh, big dog on the line, David? We do not have big... dog. we got baseball to talk about, and... Um, oof. Wow. Not good. I know it's April. How many more days? Check the calendar, David. How many more days can we say it's only... It's just April. Don't worry about it. One, actually. <laughs> so we come back on Monday, we cannot use that excuse anymore, huh? Nope. Nope. Damn. Oh, man. This could be... I don't know what we're going to be talking about in June and July. I might... This keeps up. I may be taking the month of July off. I mean, I don't want to start doing Bears preseason and NFL preseason like in the middle of June. You know, but but boy, I'll tell you that again. It's early. It's only April. (laughs) i got to say that a lot today. So I'm going to give you about eight or nine only Aprils because I can't use that anymore on Monday. It'll be May. The games start counting in May. But boy, baseball right now, not good. Not good for our beloved Chicago teams. The Cubs have lost four in a row. They lose to the Diamondbacks 11 to 2. I'm driving home thinking about watching the game when I get home. 845 Arizona. Again, I'll never make it up for the end, but you know, I'll stick it out for as long as I can. So I turn on the radio and it's the first inning of the game and, and, uh, who the heck they got pitching? Brett. So Dempster's already out of the game. I'm like, oh, man, he must have, you know, I hope it's not a serious injury. Hope he's not out for the season. Oh, boy, you know, we already got two starting pitchers injured. That's the last thing we need, Dempster pitching. I mean, Dempster getting injured. And then I hear him say something like, uh, it's a two-hit inning for Stephen Drew. And I'm like, a two-hit inning? Wait a minute. And then And then, you know, like the brilliant mathematician and, Intuitive, uh, detective that I am, it started to sink into me a little bit. And then at some point, he announces the score seven to nothing first inning. Seven to nothing. I think, I think the first four batters was a walk, double, hit batter, grand slam. Ryan Dempster having a brutal, brutal start to the season. It was bad already. Yesterday went from bad to worst. He got knocked out in the first inning. Cubs lose 11 to two. You know, for a while, Mike Quade and the, uh, Cubs and some of the fans, we were kind of a little upset with this 500 thing going on. If you're not a Chicago Cub fan, uh, I think they set a major league baseball record for the most extended streak of one and one, two and two, three and three, four and four. They'd win a game, lose a game, lose a game, win a game, but they never broke away from one under or one over. I think that was all the way through to like 20 games. And, you know, some of the Cub fans are getting a little upset with that. You know, let's see if we can break mediocrity. You know, average isn't good enough. Right now, that streak, if it would have continued, that would have seemed awful good right now. Because the Cubs did find a way to break that particular streak. Unfortunately, not of the positive variety. We've lost four games in a row, some of them by large margins. We lose 11-2 to yesterday to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Ouch. Ouch. No better on the south side. The White Sox, uh... What, had a 9 out of 10, 10 out of 11 losing streak, and then they went to New York, took on the Yankees, and won the first two games. So you think, all right, finally, this is a talented team. Got a lot of money out there. Good job, Kenny Williams. Good job, Ozzy Gia. Way to hold down the fort. Don't panic. Win a couple games at New York, and you right the ship. Well, the ship has been derided after the last two games. They get killed yesterday by the... uh, Yankees twelve to three finishes out a three and eight road trip for the White Sox. Edwin Jackson, who was brilliant in his uh first start, actually first couple, I think, but I think since then he's got like a nine point one eight ERA. He was wild early and often of the first four or five innings. Yankees jumped on him and still the White Sox with the hey it's only April. It's only April. But the White Sox bats absolutely dead. Moment of silence, if we could. Actually, I think we've got a tape David Olson has put together. Ladies and gentlemen, TalkZone.com, two guys in a mic. Here's the highlights of the Chicago White Sox hitters and batters over the month of April. You got a carded up, Dave? All right, ladies and gentlemen, sit back and enjoy Chicago White Sox offensive baseball for the month of April. The highlight reel. That was actually the CD. That was not a technical difficulty, folks. That actually was. And actually, we should have snuck in the Paul Canerco two-run home against the Yankees. What was that, game one, game two? Of this? I think it was game two of the series. Eighth inning home run, down two to one. That goes down as a highlight. So we'll put that, that maybe there was a minor technical glitch. But boy, you talk about, boy, the White Sox seem to be falling in the streak the last three, four years. You know, you figure with you know eight, nine good hitters, you got what, Alexi Ramirez? Who's streaky, but he's a pretty good hitter. He's batting eighth up. Brett Moreau, okay, you know, rookie, maybe a little bit weak in the ninth spot, but you really got some pretty good hitters, you know, kindergarten right through eighth grade. From the one spot to the eighth spot, you know, you got to be slump-free for the most part. But again this year, for some odd reason, I'm not blaming Greg Walker, I don't know if about the, the hitting technicalities of the game, call it coincidence, call it whatever, but a collective. Slump, it's hard for everybody to go in a slump at the same time. Carlos Quentin has been hitting pretty good for the most part, but uh, White Sox offense still trying to get on track. They'll be taking on the Baltimore Orioles, and that is going to be uh, at Baltimore. No, no, I'm sorry, it's at home. It's at home. They actually got a decent day to play today. So we'll talk a little baseball, too. Again, our phone lines are open if you want to check in the Big Dog. Might uh, be out and about today, so it might be the coach flying solo. Co-pilot seat is open. Again, a beautiful Friday here in the city of Chicago. We'll take a quick break, regroup a little bit. We'll jump off the sports page again. Royal Wedding News. we got uh, the Tornadoes to talk about. Lots to get to right up until 8 o'clock. Phone number 888-463-6748. Again, 888 Back in a minute, TalkZone.com. The coach flying solo. Always, always a dangerous Moment in time.
1: two guys and a mic your mid-morning break sports talk show once again here's the coach john cone
2: all right we're back at the two guys and a mic show again thanks for joining us at least uh, part of the day on this beautiful friday at least it's beautiful here in the fine city of chicago the coach of the big dog with you right up until 11 o'clock we uh have barely even touched on the nfl draft let's take a look at it here and You got any football thoughts, dial it up. You can also email us at Mike, two guys at AOL.com. Here in Chicago, well, every draft pick, you know, when have you ever picked a pick and, like, it's? uh, he's probably not going to be that good. That's going to be disappointing. Hope springs eternal the day after the draft. So you have to temper your enthusiasm a little bit. But a kid who was supposed to be picked maybe 18th, 20th, maybe even higher than that, one of the top offensive linemen in the draft. It was probably the biggest need for the Chicago Bears. And he uh drop, 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 drop all the way to pick number 29, Jerry Angelo. Christmas comes early. Thank you very much. We'll take Gabe Karimi, the big old nasty left tackle from the Wisconsin Badgers. He becomes your first pick for the Chicago Bears. And I uh, remember watching him play. I think he's been a starter for Wisconsin for about for about three years. Number one, he's pretty big. Not fat though. I like that. A lot of offensive linemen now. If you look at them, you know they used to be big. Now a lot of them are just fat. I don't know if they're encouraged to be that way because they're harder to move. But they, you know, back back in the uh, '60s, '70s, '80s, even the early '90s, you didn't see the bellies. But a lot of these old linemen, you know, they check in at 300, 310. You know, you're you're undersized today if you're two ninety five. <laughs> But a lot of them, you know, 330, 340, well, that looks good on paper, but you look at them on the fifth of fat. They got the double belly going on. I don't know about the double chin, not quite that yet, but they got the double belly. Got a lot of rolls going on. That's not good if you're an athlete. Gabe Karimi, now, you know, I've never seen him with the shirt off. I haven't analyzed that much, but he's a big dude. But he looks like uh, at least, you know, 83.8% of it is muscular shirt. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Got a nasty streak. They talk about him being cocky, you know. Not necessarily throw a confident. I like cocky can be a problem. We've had a few Bears draft picks in the past who have come in a, a little bit cocky, have been absolute busts. And the two that come to mind. Well, actually, I can pick out three. One would be Curtis Enis. Another would be the quarterback disaster that was Cade McNown. And the other, probably to a slightly lesser extent, but he was probably the cockiest, most obnoxious of all, was the punter, Todd Sauerbrunn. Remember when he when he came in, you know, rookies carry the equipment, Todd Sauerbrunn. Not me. Not me. I ain't doing that. So, you know, everybody's talking, oh, yeah, good. We got to get out. This guy's cocky. That's all right. We want a cocky offensive lineman. We want a guy with an attitude. Well, you want a guy with a good attitude. You want a guy who's confident, got a little bit of a nasty streak? That's a good thing. But cocky can be bad, too. And that's supposedly one of the reasons, maybe, that he dropped a little bit. Supposed to be a pretty good run blocker. But uh, the big fella from Wisconsin, now a member of the Chicago Bears. So any uh, Bears fans out there, you want to talk about that, give us a call. 888-463-6748. Day two of the draft today. Still some pretty good players on the board. Cam Newton. Cam Newton, the number one pick from the Auburn Tigers. Let's hope he stays out of trouble. As far as we know, Dave, he does not breed dogs or dog fighters. Hopefully, Dad will um, remain a supporter, but way back on the sidelines. He signed with the Carolina Panthers. We have no stories so far that Dad actually went to like the Green Bay Packers and offered him if they upped $500,000, he'll sign with the Packers. Hopefully, Dad's not getting involved in that. Let's hope so. Mr. Newton, you uh, have made your mark on collegiate football. Stay on the sidelines. Mellow out a little bit. I'm sure Cam will take good care of you and let him enjoy what hopefully will be a stress-free, controversy-free, and very successful NFL career. Thank you very much. Uh Von Miller, the number two ba- uh, pick for the Denver Broncos. Outside linebacker, Marcel Darius of the Buffalo Bills. The number three pick, Georgia wide receiver, A.J. Green. Difference-making wide receiver. His star just shot the last uh month, last couple of months with the Free agent uh, tryouts and the specialty camps, etc. A.J. Green goes to the Cincinnati Bengals. Lord knows they could use a playmaker. Patrick Peterson, my son. 15-year-old David Cohn raving about Patrick Peterson. Never heard of the guy before. Haven't seen him play LSU cornerback. big, like 6'2", 6'3", plays the cornerback position. Freak athletically. He's the number five pick. He goes to the Arizona Cardinals. If you're a Bears fan, one of the interesting picks, the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions picks uh one of those big dudes with a belly. But he's he I don't know how he can move that belly, but he moves it, because he is quick. Nick Farley. Fairley, Farley? I think it's Farley. The big dude for Auburn now, they select him as the number one pick. That's a position of strength. For the Detroit Lions, and and Lord knows they got plenty of weaknesses. But now you've got Nadamakan Su. It took me uh six months. Four days and a couple hours to get that name straight. Last year on draft day, I completely butchered him up, but I got it down now. Ned Domicon soon and Nick Farley back to back paired up with each other as the defensive tackles for the Detroit Lions. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. If you're the Detroit Lion defensive coordinator right now, you can pretty much not worry about the other team's inside run game. Okay, nobody's gonna run on those two guys. Okay. I could I could coordinate for the Detroit Lions right now. Stop the sweep, don't let them get outside the pocket, and play seven deep. I'll play eight deep. I might not even need defensive ends if I got those two guys. Nick Farley and Adamakansu, the Bears will have to play them twice a year probably for the next four, five, six, seven years. Detroit Lions on the March back. If they get the, a healthy quarterback back, they're going to be in good shape. But that was one of the more interesting picks. Minnesota Vikings also. In the Bears Central Division. Interesting pick as they picked Christian Ponder from Florida State. Scheduled to be a second rounder. Could be a surprise pick. I like the fact the Vikings weren't, you know, ready to follow the common thought place, thought process. You know, they took a chance at it, they saw something in him that almost every other team did not project to be a second rounder. They picked him not only in the first round, fairly high. Fairly high, twelfth pick overall. Now, there were three quarterbacks before him, but then obviously the Vikings needed a quarterback, and maybe they reached. Maybe it'll turn out to be a, a buster. I almost said Tavares Jackson number two. That's not fair, because I actually think Tavares Jackson is not great. Not sure he's going to get you to a championship game, but Tavares Jackson's not bad. Not ready to write him off as a as a bust. In fact, I think he's pretty good. Be a great backup change of pace quarterback. But uh, that was an interesting pick, Christian Potter going to the Vikings. So some of our Central Division um, opponents of the Chicago Bears making some interesting draft choices. Again, day two of the draft. I didn't watch any of it. Did not get to watch any of it. Very disappointed because I did not get to see Mel Kuyper. Anybody out there that watched it, you want to comment on the TV coverage of that, would love to hear from you. Get our phone number here, 888 My only complaint from previous years, and I'm going to assume I'm going to assume the same thing happened this year as Chris Berman. You've got all these experts out there that you really want to hear from. And Chris Berman, Who I don't mind Chris Berman, but he, like, talks 75% of the time. Moderate the show, Chris, and then shut up. Okay? Mel Kuyper, you know, has nothing to do for nine months out of the year. This is his time. Let Mel talk. Let some of the experts. I don't know who the other couple were. I remember last year they had a couple of other, uh, I'm going to forget their name, but really good people I wanted to hear from. And Berman is yakking and yakking and yakking in a way. All right. Chris, you're a good dude. You're a good moderator. Throw in a little bit of humor and be done with it. Maybe they changed it this year. I, again, I didn't watch it, but uh, that was my analysis from previous years. NFL draft day two. Again, coming up today. You get comments on the uh, first round of the draft. Seems like Chicago Bear fans here. Anyways, pretty happy. But as I said, in the beginning of the discussion, uh, how many times does teams pick players where they're not happy? Everybody's joyous almost all the time. Except if you're the Philadelphia Eagles and you select Donovan McNabb with the first draft choice when he was famously booed out of the New York studio by the uh, Philadelphia fans. And of course that booing proved to be, uh, pretty incorrect as he had, I think what we'll, we'll Probably be a Hall of Fame career to Donovan McNabb. But uh, everybody's happy after day one. They all like their pick. We'll find out a year later, six months later, maybe a couple years later, how successful they were. 888 You want to comment on the NFL draft? You can do that. We're right here for you. The coach flying solo today. Producer extraordinaire David Olson on the other side of the glass. Too bad the big dog wasn't here because I was going to ask his uh, Ron Santo character. I was going to ask him what he thought. Uh, tell us a little bit about new English royalty, Kate Middleton. I was going to see what he had to say about young Kate. She looked pretty good, though. I was watching a little bit because my wife was watching like about 6, 6.30 this morning. As far as the nervousness factor, Prince Williams looked like he had a bad case of constipation. And I would be, too. I mean, how can you not be uptight and nervous? But Kate, smiling, very relaxed, at least, you know, appeared on the outside. It would be very, very cool. Try to figure out who she looked like too. I finally nailed it. See if you're with me on that. I, th- I had a little bit of um Catherine Zeta Jones, but she looked like something. And I finally got it. I think a, a very young and a slightly thinner. And this might even be before your time, David Olson. Suzanne Plachet from the Bob Newhart show. No?
0: David's not by look. No, I'm not seeing that. No? You know who I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, no, I know exactly who you're talking about. The face
2: and the eyes, because she definitely looks like someone. I thought I had nailed it with a Suzanne Plaget.
0: You're right. She does look like someone. Yeah.
2: Yeah, particularly the way she's made up today. David, you're a longtime wedding dress guy. Uh, You know, the the great secrecy regarding the wedding gown, now that it's finally been shown, your analysis of the royal wedding dress. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that about sums it up. Eh, who cares? Prince William looks pretty dapper though. I and mean, if I had to choose between the two, I'd go Kate, but uh, Prince Williams looking pretty sharp to Harry on the other. Did you see Harry?
0: No, I what really wasn't watching I, it that close. You know,
2: you got millions of people watching, you you can't find a time to go in for a haircut the week before? Prince Harry a little uh a little unkept, shall we say. Maybe that's the look. Maybe that's the look. All right, we'll talk a little Royal Wedding. we got to find out, uh, too, if the space shuttle is today. want to talk more on the uh, tornadoes and the weather situation. Just horrible, horrible um, tragedy down in the south, particularly the Alabama area. We'll talk that and more. Here are the two guys at a Mike Show. Take a quick break. Phone numbers, 888-463-6748. Coach flying solo back in a minute. Don't you go anywhere.
1: Open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cone. And we are back, half number two of the two guys at a mic
2: show, TalkZone.com. And again, uh, on occasion, we jump off the sports page, talk a little bit about the Royal Wedding, also at the start of the show, about the uh, tornadoes that hit yesterday. And was it just yesterday or the day before also, David?
0: I think it was yesterday. It might, it might have been the day before.
2: Just horrible, horrible a set of tornadoes that attacked. I think that's probably the best word to describe it, Literally attacked uh, some of the southern areas. Alabama seemed to be the centrifugal force of it all. Now, Dave, there was not a lot of um, forecasting for this. I mean, did, they certainly didn't predict well in advance that the tornadoes were coming and obviously a lot of the time you can't but uh see like a lot of people were caught fairly by surprise by this
0: yeah i didn't i don't think they you know you're right you really can't predict when they're going to happen they can predict they can see the weather pattern might be conducive for them but mm-hmm. uh i don't think there's any way they could predict that there number one they would they would be so severe and number two there would be so many
2: now and, and you know I, Everyone's talking about how the weather pattern's changing. We don't want to set everybody in panic here, but it does seem like it's a more uh, aggressive weather pattern of late. You being our meteorological expert on the show, David, basically that's a money-saving financial situation in lieu of honoring an actual expert in the weather world. But um, looking ahead to the future here without getting too epithelial, are we are we messing with the fine planet Earth here? Are, are things starting to happen? Is this the not the beginning of the end, but is this the beginning of more disruptions from a weather standpoint? Not to well, throw you a too loaded question, but
0: well, if you look at things, I mean, it definitely seems to be following a pattern. I you know you've got you've got you've got the hurricane you had hurricanes a few years ago mm-hmm. and then we've had these massive snowstorms and these massive rainstorms and everything like that
2: tsunamis earthquakes
0: well tsunamis and earthquakes those aren't those aren't weather related disasters those are just you know
2: well so you would separate the tornadoes and the floods a little bit from absolute earthquake interesting absolutely. i don't know if i'd go absolutely the only reason i say that is Again, I'll use the word disruption. If you have a disruption of the atmosphere of the planet without getting too technical here, because I have no idea of the technicality of it, but can't all that be caused from planet disruption? So, you know, I, I, technically one can be weather and not the other. You know, the other is technically not weather related, but it all has to do with, uh, the old planet Earth being shaken up a little bit. And, maybe you know, maybe it's just a bad weather pattern. We're into a bad pattern. It could be, you know, sheer coincidence as well. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. But uh, things get a little rough. Things get a little rough around the edges. And that's that's why, you know, people uh, kid me and joke for the flag I've got. I mentioned the universal flag. And I always say from a philosophy standpoint, we have too much United States pride. And our number one pride, our number one goal, our number one, Thought process should to think of ourselves as, uh, human beings battling, trying to survive and and live good lives here on the planet earth with everybody. We're all one team. And when you get these weather disruptions like that would happen in Japan, of course, the most recent of the, uh, international tragedies, but there's been a lot of them. Uh, you know, as things start to get a little more disruptive, all of a sudden it really doesn't matter if it's, you know, in one country or the other, the planet starts to shake a little bit. Hey, we're all in it together. We're all in. It. If we're not on the same team, we're going to get split, and that could be a division that uh, cannot be uh, put back together. Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall and will not be put be able to be put back together again. So just 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 another example of why I think uh, as we move on, we got to think of ourselves as one. Trying to figure out again how to survive out here, how to live better lives. And you know, and again, I'm nothing wrong with country pride. Don't get me wrong. Being proud of where you are from, be it America or be it another country is absolutely great. Just, I think sometimes people are too patriotic, too prideful at the expense. You know, well, why help, you know, people we got to take care of our own first, We've got to take care of the people in the country for, well, why? Why do you care? And boy, am I getting off the topic now. How about that first-round pick for the Chicago Bears? See, if you don't call up, folks, I start going on tangents. So I highly, highly recommend you to call up and talk some sports here with the coach, 888-463-6748. But it's interesting to me, why would the person here in Chicago talking about, you know, we got to take care of America first, just as an example, why would they care about 38-year-old Bob Smith living in Utah more than they would 38-year-old Taka Washito living in Japan. Or Chenge Mutamba living somewhere in Africa. Why is that? Th- just because he's in the United States? You care about that person more? It's a bizarre thought. I know. I have a lot of bizarre. The older I get, the more bizarre thinking I have. I'm not sure that's a good thing or a bad thing. Probably a little bit of both. Hopefully it's not a completely bad thing. But it's a bizarre thought, but think about that for a minute. You know, country pride is great, but we're all human beings. okay? Well, we're the, the housewife in Minnesota, her life is more valuable than the housewife in uh, Italy or France just because she's from the United States. We're all part of the same team, folks, and I got news for you. Things are starting to shake up. And when they shake up, we better stick together. If not, it's going to shake up a lot quicker. 888 463 Welcome to the Rush Limbo Show here on the TalkZone.com. You want to email us, you can do it at mike 2 com. Only our show can make a transition without a commercial break. Without a commercial break from uh, the weather patterns, possibly destroying the planet Earth to the NBA playoffs. Now, if I were a smoother host, I would have a way of connecting the two. You know, like somehow figuring out how, uh, you know, Joe Kim Noah and his hurricane-like energy and atmosphere connects to the weather pattern. But I'm not going to be that cute or trite. I think I've already outdone my cliches for the day. Thank you very much. And we will transfer in a little NBA talk to Chicago. But we know they've been in for a couple of days. But now here in Chicago, we know who they're going to be playing. How about the Atlanta Hawks? They, uh, we'll call it an upset. Call it an upset, not a huge upset, but they knock off Orlando, the 4-5 seeds. Certainly Orlando, the bigger name, with Dwight Howard, the superstar, but the Atlanta Hawks win it in six. They uh take care of the Orlando Magic yesterday, 84-81. I did not see the game. Apparently J.J. Redick, about a good of three-point shooters you're going to get, had a shot to tie the game. About four seconds left, open look, he missed. And then I believe it was Jason Richardson. Had a contested shot blocked by Josh Smith. So they had two shots to tie the ball game. Couldn't get it done. Kind of the story of the season for the Orlando Magic. So here come the Atlanta Hawk. Weekend off. Bulls had a couple days off. They'll be practicing over the weekend. Atlanta will probably take a day off and rest. And then, uh, Monday we start what should be an interesting seven game series. And again, you know, Atlanta does not have the, the sexiness factor of the Orlando Magic, but they're playing very, very well. Very well coached. They play some defense. And, in fact, if you take away the fact that they don't have Derrick Rose, a little minor factor, if you look at the Atlanta Hawks, look at the Chicago Bulls, two fairly similar teams. They both commit to defense, a rarity in the NBA. Neither of them have a dominant big man. Both have good scoring on the perimeter. I think the advantage the Bulls have over Atlanta, and, again, NBA fans, you want to check in as we Change topics here from the destruction of mankind to the NBA playoffs. 888 463 The advantage the Bulls have is uh A, Derek Rose and B, a little deeper on the bench. A little deeper on the bench. Now the now the Bulls, even the Bulls, can't match up to the first guy off the bench for the Atlanta Hawks, Jamal Crawford. Wow. Ex Chicago Bull. Who would have thunk he would have had as nice a career? As he has had since leaving the Chicago Bull. Always had potential with the Bulls, but he has become a consistent, and man, he, he, he he was a young kid, you gotta call him a a battle-tested veteran now. I mean, Jamal, I know he probably looks like he's 17 still. He's gotta be over 30 years old now, I would think. Maybe not. But Jamal Crawford getting up there in a year, he has become uh probably the number one scorer off the bench in the NBA. I think he was the sixth man of the year this year. He was certainly up for the nomination, and he was on fire against the Orlando Magic. So they bring Jamal Crawford off the bench. The Bulls can't match that. Kyle Corver's good. He can shoot it, but not the all round scorer that Jamal Crawford is. So that'll be a little bit of a problem. But when you talk depth of players coming off the bench... I think uh, beyond Jamal Crawford, probably the next best player coming off the bench for the Atlanta Hawks, and I like this guy too, Zigi Pachulia, big guy. He can be kind of aggravating too. What does Stacy King uh, call Jeff Foster, the Indiana Pacers' public enemy number one? Well, we got another public enemy number uh, number one, Padilla, coming off the bench, the big fellow for the Atlanta Hawks. Should be a pretty good series though. Bulls taking on the Hawks, winner goes to the N. Not the NBA championship, but the NBA Eastern Division championship. We had a couple of other uh, series decided yesterday. Again, NBA fans, you want to check in, give us a call, 888-463-6748. The L.A. Lakers, for a while, it looked like they were on shaky ground. New Orleans won a couple of games. The Lakers put that to rest. 98-80 to at New Orleans on the road. Lakers survive in six games, and they move on. The Dallas Mavericks did the same thing. They beat Portland at Portland. That was a pretty good series. That was a pretty good series. They beat Portland 103 to 96 Portland Trailblazers. Uh, next year they get Brandon Wah. I still call him Brandon Wah, even though his last name's Roy. Hockey goalie. Spelled R-O-Y. Patrick Wah. So now I call him Brandon Wah. For transcripts of today's show, folks, you can write us here at thetalkzone.com. Well, they get Brandon Roy back healthy again, and they got this Gerald Wallace now playing with Lamarcus Aldridge. Portland Trailblazers is a very solid pick to click. Pick-to-click for the 2011 season, 2012 season. And, uh, boy, if Greg Odom could ever get healthy, look out. Look out. But uh, for the time being, they're out. The Mavericks move on. So a couple of favorites dispose of uh, upset potentials. A couple of upstart teams looking to pull off the upset. They are down. And tonight we've got uh, an interesting matchup, too, because you've got one of those upset teams, one of those upstart teams, the Memphis Grizzlies, and they actually have a 3-2 lead in San Antonio. 3-2 lead. I've watched a little bit of this series, and San Antonio definitely looks old. They're trying to hang on. The only guy that doesn't look old is Mano Ginobili. I don't know if he's found the fountain of youth. Maybe he's dating Anna Kornikova. I don't know. I haven't looked inside this. Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Maybe Mano found his way into one of the beaches there, but that guy's playing young. He is playing very, very young, and he is... Uh, Right now carrying a very tired San Antonio Spurs team. Memphis had them beat. You're up 3-1. Had a little bit of a lead. Chance to put the San Antonio Spurs away. Did not get it done. So here's your question. Here's your question. You have a chance to put them away. You didn't. Do the champion San Antonio Spurs take advantage and win the next two games? Or do the Memphis Grizzlies young, still trying to figure out how to do it. Can they hang on and pull off a victory? Lots of little uh, storylines. That game will be on tonight. I think that's the final first round series, and then we move on to the second round series, and goodness gracious, the NBA playoffs will be going on forever, but um, hey, um David Olsen, like we said, the way baseball's going in Chicago, we might be glad the NBA playoffs go on in July, because uh, I, don't, I don't know how much baseball we're going to be talking about. Things keep up here in Chicago, but we'll do a little baseball round-em-up, wrap-em-up coming up in a little bit, too. We'll get to some baseball action. We'll take a quick break. It's the coach flying solo today. We've Span the sports globe. We've also touched on the royal wedding, the tornadoes in Alabama, and oh, I still want to get you into the Father Flagger talk, Dave. Or no, no, you don't want to get controversial, huh? All right, I'll do it by myself. A little battle, best of seven, Catholic Church versus Father Flagger. It's a good battle, right down to the wire. Back in a minute, TalkZone.com.
1: are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic call 888 go for it. Once again, here's the coach, John Cone.
2: With the number 1 selection in the Radio Producers Draft, the TalkZone.com selects David Olson 511 197 from Lockport, Illinois. Got a lot of intangibles, does David Olson? A lot of intangibles. Just saying, David, if we had a draft of producers, you, I don't know where you'd be listed on the uh, national draft chart, but you'd be our first choice. You would be our number one pick. How's that for sucking up to the producer? Folks, got to do that when I'm flying solo, you know? 888-463-6748, talkzone.com. Two guys at a mic. Hope you have a great weekend ahead of you. Uh Some interesting sports action over the weekend. little playoffs. NHL playoffs. So the Vancouver Canucks. After knocking off our Hawks, they were back in action yesterday. They won, and Roberto Luongo, I think, pitching a shutout. Nicely done. I, you know, it, it was a controversial series with the Hawks, but I think I'm rooting. I might root for Vancouver here. I like their fans. Their fans seem to be uh pretty intense, pretty into it. What else do you have to do in Vancouver? Actually, a beautiful and lovely city. Hey, real quick, before we get to the baseball news, uh just a little battle royale that's been going on actually for a long time. It's had a few little bumps in the road where it's made a little national, local news, if not national news, but this one is rising to a bit of a crescendo and it is the uh, Chicago Catholic Church led by their uh, manager, their leader, Cardinal Francis George. I get that right. Cardinal Francis George, right? He's about ready to retire too. By the way, the guy before him, you remember Joseph Bernardine Day? Yeah, I remember him. What What, what was your thoughts on uh, Joseph
0: Bernadine? I have no opinion okay. either way. All
2: right. Well, you should, because he was awesome. I mean, he really was. He was, he was a great, great, uh, and beyond whatever religion you happen to be, he was a truly unique man. Unifier. I mean, he brought every, even if he wasn't a Catholic priest, he would have been a great leader. Wrote a couple of books. One of the books he wrote was, When he realized he was dying. What did he do? Was it pancreatic cancer? I think it was. And boy, powerful book. It's a short book. Forget the name of it. We'll we'll get the name of it. Boy, good read. Good read from a philosophical uh, standpoint. Just just great, great stuff. But uh, Cardinal Francis George, anyhow, battling the very controversial, very mercurial Father Flager who works out of St. Sabina Church, St. Sabina Church, south side of Chicago, very poor neighborhood, but he has become a fixture there for many and many years. Well, those in the Catholic Church know that, uh, you can't be a fixture at a Catholic Church for many and many years because they move you around. And he's stuck around a few extra shifts. He has battled that, but they want to move him again. And Father Flager uh, continues to say, I don't want to be moved want to stay there, and all the people at Saint Sabina are very, very much behind him. It's an interesting controversy. become a little bit of a power struggle, uh, and he's come out with some controversial comment. The guy's a controversial guy, no question about it. But he's done some phenomenal work, white priest, in a largely black neighborhood, and he is absolutely revered there. I've heard from people, I've never gone, and I, I honestly would love to, I have heard from people that have gone to hear him preach, and they say it's just amazing. What he does to the Bible. So not, not only a, uh, you know, political activist, and he does step outside his bounds sometimes, but, uh, you know, heck of a preacher. Unbelievable charisma and power of the message. And for a guy to be that dedicated in the community, my thought on this, again, it's a best of seven right now. He's been suspended. So he lost the last one. It's, uh, the Catholic Church up three to two. There's still two games left. I think he's still got a chance to pull this one out. My thought is, yes, you gotta have rules. But I think there are times when you need to make exceptions. And I, you know, the counter argument here is gonna be, well, now, if they make an exception at St. Sabina, well then what about another church that likes their priest? And you know, so, and that's a legitimate argument. That's gonna, you know, be food for the fire. How do you turn down one and not accept the other? But I, I, you know, you make a judgment call. Some people are afraid. To make judgment calls, some people like to hide behind the rule book and just go strictly by the rules. I've always been uh, gutsy enough, I could blow my own horn a little bit, to not be afraid to, hey, you make a judgment call on occasion. In this particular instance, I think you make a judgment call and say, this is an exception. This guy is unique. He is uniquely built into the community. The community is hooked in with him, and he needs to stick around and be at that church. We're going to make an exception. And again, I know there's problems associated with that. Religious. And Catholic Church expert David Olson. Checking in there the two guys in a mic show. I know you didn't want to get in this argument, or not even an argument, it's a uh intellectual discussion. And I use the word intellectual in the loosest possible sense of the term.
0: But uh make an exception or hey. No, no, want... you definitely make an exception. You, you do to go with the will of the parishioners. I mean that that's the bottom line. it's the it's the people that he serves it is more important than the church itself. Because without those people, the church wouldn't exist, mm-hmm. plain and simple.
2: See, I agree. I agree. Now, the the, uh, the counter-argument is going to be, well, what about you know this church over here or that church over here? Well, you know, we love this guy, too. Why are you transferring him? Hey, they kept Father Flagger at St. Sabina. We want to keep this guy. That's going to be the counter-argument. But I I think it's an exception how hooked in he is to the community. Yeah. What was the controversy? He got in something. When Barack Obama was running for president, one of his quotes got out there, and he it was—it was,
0: it was something about Hillary Clinton. It was something about he—he was—he was mocking Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. I could look up it and exactly see what it was, but mm-hmm. th- that's what it was,
2: and it got Barack in a little bit of trouble, right? Yeah, and a lot of the conservative pundits were all over this guy. They didn't know who Father Flager was, so they were sitting there calling him, you know, some crazy, wacko priest. Well. Be careful who you're calling a crazy, wacko priest, because, again, this guy is a white priest who's gone on one of the poorest Chicago communities under adverse condition and for, I think, 30 years. Not sure if I got that. But I think it's close to that. It could be wrong, but it's not the quantity of years. It's the quality of years, and it's been a long time and has absolutely fought for that community tooth and nail, sometimes maybe stepping outside his bounds, but I like a guy. Fighting for the underprivileged, fighting for those that have no voice—that's willing to step outside his bounds. So that's okay. That's okay if you got everything and you're serving the people that have everything already, and you're stepping outside your bounds to fight for more. You know that is greed. But this guy is fighting for those that don't have so much. So if you want to step outside your bounds, you're politically incorrect on occasion. Hey, it's okay. I'm all for it. Not saying the guy's perfect, but the positives clearly outweigh the, the negatives with Father Flager. I hope he wins the final two games of the series, and uh, it's, it's a best of seven. I think this one's going game seven, David, and it might go overtime. It's a good battle to watch. All right, 888-463-674. Hey, real quick, before we wrap up the show, still time to check in if you want. If you're tuning in late, you want to talk a little bit of NFL draft, we got a few minutes. Take a couple of calls. Dial it up at 888 463 4-8, the big dog will be back on Monday. He's probably doing research on Gabe Karimi right now. Yeah, by the way, not bad. Not a bad week for uh Bear quarterback Jay Cutler, David. Gets engaged to uh, Kristen Cavillera Not bad. That's a pretty good week right there. And then the Bears select uh, a nasty 295-pound offensive lineman from Wisconsin to help protect you. If good king's coming three, I don't know what else is happening for, uh, Jay Cutler, but he's got one more good thing coming because it's a pretty good week. Pretty good week for Jay Cutler. All right. Again, triple eight, four, six, three, Right, Just to wrap it up, baseball thoughts, uh, from yesterday. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay knocked off Minnesota 15 to three and six to three. We got big dog. We do not have big dog. We've got, We've got Jim checking in on line four. Let me just finish the thought real quick here, Jim. Double header sweep. For Tampa Bay over Minnesota. You heard it from me first, and you heard it about two weeks ago. Minnesota is done. They're not coming back. The big dog won't believe me, but this is not their year. They're cooked. Ron Gardenhire might be the best manager in baseball. They're done. This is not Minnesota's year. Tampa Bay sweeps. So and How about the day for Ben Zobrist? Doubleheader. Game one, he gets four hits, including a three-run homer. Comes back in game two, he gets three more hits and another home run. Seven hits. Two homers, happy holidays for a Ben Zobris. All right, let's welcome in, uh, checking in on line number 19, it's caller Jim. Check it in. Jimmy, how are you? we got about two minutes left. How are you, bud?
3: I'm doing wonderful, coach. I just thought I'd call up and say hello and tell you your show's great, even when you're solo.
2: Yeah, we appreciate that. Always better when the big dog's here, no question about
3: it. Yeah, but you do okay by yourself, too.
2: Yeah, well, you know, thank you. Thank I you, think. big Jimmy. What are you, uh, you're a Bears fan. What do you think of the NFL draft? And uh, to me... Anytime you get a Wisconsin offensive lineman, it's a good thing.
3: Yeah, it looks like they went for a big guy. They went for a tackle, according to what I picked up on my phone. You know, mm-hmm. Saw that this morning when I went on Facebook. I was like, okay, that's a good move. He's a you know, big dude. You know.
2: He's from Wisconsin, which literally breeds offensive linemen. He's got a nasty streak, can run block. The only weakness, Jimmy, is uh, not doesn't have the quickest feet in the world. He might need a little work in pass protection.
3: Yeah, Joel would probably tell you that the first step is the most important step. Yep. To win in the battle. Yep. And uh, well, we'll just have to see if they coach him up. Maybe he can improve.
2: Yeah. All I know is when I was an offensive lineman, Jimmy, I had a very, especially when I was up against a particularly rough, big defensive lineman, I had an incredibly quick first step. I would get out of the way. with first, And actually, my second, third, and fourth step were real quick, too. I'd be like, get the hell out of here.
3: <laughs> but uh
2: surprisingly, no college signed me despite my quick first step
3: right yeah. right so how's the how's things on the food front been for you lately? I haven't heard you guys talking much about food you know huh? I, uh,
2: we have not been talking much food. I've been on an avocado streak of late. My wife bought like three or four avocado take the avocado, yeah. little lemon juice, and some salsa, squish it all up, a little pita bread or a uh, little pita chips with it awfully good mm.
3: awfully sure. good P- you, you Pico got... de gallo ain't it who isn't it Pico de gallo? God you know bless you.
2: Hey, let's keep it clean. This is a family sports <laughs> show. You got any good guacamole recipes for me? I'm in an avocado mode.
3: No, my neighbor makes the best salsa.
2: Okay.
3: Um, yeah, everybody pretty much that stuff's to die for. So every time I have a party, he makes my salsa. Uh huh. And I usually take care of the main course.
2: Okay. All right. What's you what's know. what's been cooking on the uh, the big gym grill? It hasn't been great weather for outdoor cooking, but uh, the true outdoors cookman still. Fights the weather and still barbecues. What you what you been cooking up?
3: Oh, I just did some regular grilling recently, but I'm setting up for the smoker grill to do some ribs. Ah, smoked in ribs, awfully apple good apple wood.
2: Awfully good. You you brought in those ribs before, and you know the old cliche of the meat falls off the bone. That was that was true. Yes. That was true. And, that was that and, was awfully good.
3: And do you remember what the most important things were with smoked <sighs> food?
2: Well, the sauce, right?
3: Well, they got to be sweet. Okay. They got to be hot. Okay. They got to be smoky. Got to get all three in there kind of right. blended together.
2: That sounds like what Joel put on Craigslist when he was looking for a date for a party.
3: Sweet, smoky, and hot. I
2: believe that was the same uh, description.
3: It, it yeah. It could work both ways, sure.
2: All right. Jimmy, we got to wrap it up. Any, uh, real quick, any Cub Sox thoughts? It uh, has not been a good week. Can you give us any optimism out there for the Cubber Sox fans in about 20 seconds?
3: I don't know about optimism, and they're not going to get much worse. But they're pretty much playing <laughs> where I expected them to play. Oh, I didn't boy. see this as a great year. Cubs around 500, socks oh. maybe a little better. And it's about where I anticipate yeah. them to be at the end of the year. Man, I'm,
2: not, I'm not sure you've made any baseball fans weekend out there. Jimmy, we got to let you go, my friend. Thanks for calling. Okay, have a good weekend, go. Uh Jimmy checking in. You can, too. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jimmy. Things won't get any worse. <laughs> oh, boy. That's... That'll get us all feeling good. Uh, we got to wrap it up uh, for the Big Dog and the coach. Big Dog couldn't be here today, but uh, we'll be back in on uh, Monday. We want to thank David Olson, our producer, for the great work today. All the people that listen out there, not just today, but all week long. We much, much appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Monday at 10, we'll be back at you. Stay out of trouble. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic signing off.